0: Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Okay, Robin. so thanks for being here for another episode of the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. And today's topic, I think we were going to get into online learning, because obviously, in this COVID time, it's a uh, uh, unprecedented and uh, people are not going into school um, amongst other places, but it can be especially trying for some of the students in, in the process because uh, they're used to going to class, seeing their, their teachers and their classmates and things like that. But obviously in this uh, COVID time, it's, it's especially difficult and uh, even more so for some international students that uh, might be doing this, not just online, but distance learning too. So I'd love to hear some of your perspectives and thoughts in terms of like, how have you been coping? How have things been in the session and, and what's been uh, challenging and what's been helpful for you in the process?
1: Sure. As you know, now everything has become online, whether it be from education to meetings, to everything, uh, so I'd like to share my experience about my online classes. Uh, when, it, when it commenced in mid-March, everything was all over the table. Obviously, the university was not prepared for such a situation ever, but they took a couple of weeks to figure out the entire online sessions, and luckily for me, they were considered enough to reduce the burden by eliminating some part of the portion, or maybe giving us some extra time to complete the exams and um, i feel initially it was a little bit challenging to cope with uh, a different style of learning but i feel this this is a one thing that we need to continue we need to develop a skill in this and continue for the rest of our lives and uh, i feel initially the lectures were synchronous in the winter semester and the summer semester but i feel the university has given a lot of flexibility for the for fall for the fall semester because um, time zone wise I don't see much challenge because more than half of my classes are asynchronous which means I can watch all the classes according to my convenience and they're uploaded every Monday while uh, the rest of the classes need live participation so even though the difference for me is around nine and a half hours I have the flexibility of uh, choosing the time of my class and um, I intentionally chose the morning ones in in terms of Eastern Standard Time, so that I do not have to, you know, be awake all night attending them, and then my sleep schedule goes haywire. So until now, uh, online some perks of online uh, studying could be, uh, you could say that the flexibility of having uh, the flexibility of watching the lectures at whatever time you want. Uh, is, is probably the main, the strongest point, according to me. While one factor which uh, I don't like about online learning is like the hands-on experience. Uh, maybe, you know, I, I could pro- probably in person, I used to go to, go to the teachers to, uh, for some doubts after the class or maybe uh, online learning, I tend to get distracted sometimes because it gets a little monotonous because the professor cannot see what you're actually doing on your laptop, right? While in person, you need to pay attention. So sometimes I do get distracted, and uh, I feel like I need to cope up with that much better.
0: So can you walk us through? So uh, obviously, it's been a couple of terms online now, right? So March was the end of the, the spring term which obviously it took a toll on a, a lot of folks because uh, nobody, nobody was prepared and right? not let alone the, the, the schools. Uh, and then if you took summer school, like how did those go? And then obviously the, the fall term, how did those go? Cause that's a kind of two terms where folks were able to do. So in, in my experience, so I was teaching as well in, in spring too. Right. So I, I do teach a class at one of the local colleges and yeah, we weren't prepared. <laughs> it was quite a challenge, but uh, the, the, school did did their best, right? So we, we got together, we had lots of meetings in terms of how do we do this. And we kind of reset the, the program, they, they gave us like a week to kind of move everything online, which was great. And I, I think for me, I, I was less affected, just because of the way that my course was structured. So I teach a course called employment preparedness. So resumes, interviews, networking, and all that sort of stuff. And the last three weeks of the course of a 14 of a week course is uh, mock interviews, right? So uh, we were on week uh, I think 11 uh, at the time and uh, so so basically I only had one course to teach online which uh, is kind of weird because you have to do it by their internal uh, system right so uh, I'm projecting I'm presenting but you don't get to see the little faces of, of all the students right so it's a little bit uh, unnerving but I would try to make it as engaging and see if folks could either unmute or type in the chat or whatever or use the like the reactions, thumbs ups and whatever feature that they had just to make sure that they were still around. Because <laughs> when you have like 25, 30 students, you don't know if they're actually listening there, right? So it was, it was pretty challenging uh, for, for me, but then because the last three weeks were mock interviews, it was just kind of one-on-one session. So those were much easier because it's kind of like this, right, uh, connecting with one person. It was pretty straightforward. The only challenge is because I set them up like kind of back to back to back. It's just uh, I had to be very timely. So if anybody had some sort of technical issue where they joined like five minutes late or 10 minutes late, that set things uh, uh, back pretty, pretty much. So uh, we just had, I just had to be mindful about that. And, and the students were generally pretty good. So that was kind of my experience in the spring. I, I didn't end up teaching or I don't usually teach in the summer um, and I didn't end up teaching in the fall. But yeah, I'd love to hear how uh, summer and, and, and fall went for you. I feel uh, summer semester, I'd only taken one accelerated course.
1: So it only lasted uh, a month and a half, but uh, I'd taken the other two months to devote uh, some time to to my other hobbies. And uh, I didn't take up many courses in the summer. It was just one. And this the current semester, I'm taking a full course load. So for me until now, it's going good because uh, I'm actually liking online learning because I get to be um, in my home country. I'm enjoying out with my friends. I have the flexibility of watching the classes whenever I want to. Um, so I'm, I'm getting to do everything, possibly what I was doing in Canada. So I'm not missing out on anything anything much. And uh, yeah, let's, let's hope my fault, like my uh, decision of coming back to Toronto in Jan would be mainly based upon how the online learning is being done because i believe from winter semester onwards they're offering very few online classes so i can i can try my luck to get into those but uh, if it doesn't happen i don't see the point of going back uh, to canada and just watching the online lectures by sitting in the room
0: what's the percentage of uh, like asynchronous versus synchronous courses are, are all of them asynchronous or all of them synchronous or like because you mentioned a couple of them are synchronous?
1: So out of my five courses I think three of them are asynchronous and two of them have uh, live lectures wherein not only attendance is required actually they ask you for participation right so so you you also need to attend and you also need to participate and that counts towards your grade so the prof knows that you're attending the lecture as well as knowing the content because if you're participating I mean the prof prof grades you upon that also so he knows that you're engaged in the class so um, I think yeah uh, two, two of my lectures and the tutorials for both are uh, synchronous.
0: How are you finding the learning experience between the two because you can kind of compare and contrast like and obviously they're different courses the profs are different so you can't compare exactly like apples to apples or oranges to oranges but uh based uh, as best you can would you say that uh you're learning just as much in its asynchronous mode versus synchronous mode or you do see quite a bit of difference in the synchronous mode or maybe even there's something else where it's not the class where because you have to participate maybe there's more uh class connection where at, at least now you've Kind of heard your other classmates whereas in an asynchronous mode like there's no interaction right you, you don't get anything so talk to me a little bit about the, the differences between the two and like what what are you thinking are like kind of the pros and cons and uh yeah so, so you made a mention that obviously if everything's uh online asynchronous uh you probably wouldn't come back but if things were like um online synchronous like is there is there a difference
1: i feel the, the biggest advantage of uh Asynchronous over synchronous would be that the flexibility, honestly, um, because when you convert it to my time difference, it almost gets to midnight, and I mean, I, like the energy levels are quite low at that time. So I'm just in the mood that, oh, I want to just get done with the class right now and go off to sleep. Whereas for asynchronous lectures, I wake up fresh in the morning and I start it maybe by 10 a.m. and I start my lectures. So I'm more energetic and much more efficient than what I am at night. So what I do probably is I attend the lectures at night, even though I'm not at my 100%. And later on, for for all the courses, they also post the recorded videos. So I need to participate in the synchronous ones. I try to participate as much as I can. But I also go with those videos because I know that I was not at my 100%. And I watch the same videos the next morning, so that works out for me. While uh, I do agree, it's it is a major task that you know you're not able to connect with so many people than what you've written in a normal classroom environment. But um, I feel the prof in uh, in a couple of my sickness courses they break us out into uh, breakout groups, into smaller groups, and um, wherein it's just two or three of us discussing a problem and trying to solve it as so the prof is obviously trying to sense of in the classroom so that you know just to give the feel of um, of that you're not missing out on in person and, and and you're not interacting with anyone else
0: so i feel the breakout room system works really well but that's in the case of a synchronous class, right? Like they, they they wouldn't do that in an asynchronous class. So in obviously one of the cons of the asynchronous is you have much less of that uh, classmate connection, right? Because synchronous, everyone has to be around. There's mandatory that there you have these background rooms. So, so that makes perfect sense. But there, there's really not the same sort of concept in an asynchronous class, right? Because you don't have like, uh, I don't know, you, you connect with... People local in your time zone, <laughs> or your part of the world, or whatever, right? Uh, and and people don't uh, schedule like their own personal meetups or something like that, or, or Zoom calls or whatever with 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 uh, fellow classmates, right? So I can definitely see that as as a bonus for the, the synchronous classes, but um, and and trying to make most of, of uh, not being in person. But the asynchronous ones, those are the ones that I'm, I'm quite uh, curious about. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I think one one other thing that I've uh, heard about from other folks uh, at least ones that uh, are obviously in a different time zone is they've actually tried to uh, almost shift their time right so uh the normal work day is kind of nine to five for, uh, for people right um but uh what they do is is obviously they work out with their their parents or whoever they're living with to say you know what i'm gonna wake up at like noon <laughs> right but uh so, so that, um, they're shifted maybe three, four hours so that they can stay up later, be a little bit more refreshed. And, uh, they basically have uh, lunch for breakfast <laughs> type of thing. And then they, they have like kind of a dinner, maybe a late night snack. And, and that's helped people, uh, for, for some of them, because obviously if, uh, if you have a class at midnight, your time that that's not great, <laughs> right. But if you've uh, woken up, um, at noon, well, that, that's a little easier because you haven't woken up at, uh, like kind of the typical nine, nine o'clock or, or even earlier for some but um, have you thought about that, or what are what are some of the, the tips and tricks or things that, that you found have been helpful in uh, kind of managing the the synchronous uh, time difference stuff, or maybe even some of the asynchronous stuff? What what has been helpful for you?
1: I feel the only thing
0: that uh, one needs to
1: ensure is to avoid procrastination. I feel <laughs> that is uh, I've done that for my until my midterms, and then got an alarming sign. Oh my god, like you cannot be so laid back. So I feel um, from now onwards, like I'm trying to, you know, cope up with the same lectures. So what I used to do is that if I don't understand some content about the lecture, and obviously they have like limited office hours, only like one hour per week. And if I've just missed that, maybe it's Thursday and I've missed that, then I cannot, I need to wait until the next lecture. So what I think um, I was doing wrong is I was trying to, you know, push the lectures into the, this week's lecture into the next week and trying to avoid doing some subjects because it was uh, it was a little, the content was a little challenging, but uh, obviously like, towards the end, before the midterms and all, it got a little, like the content was a lot for me to study within the last two days, but uh, luckily I coped up with that and maybe like. After that, I realized that I shouldn't procrastinate. So uh, that is one of the major, major reasons, uh, major advices with advice, which I would like to pass on. And uh, yeah.
0: And, And what does that look like? That that's like creating a schedule for yourself and saying, okay, this is how much time I'm going to allocate to this course on this day and and uh, my, my whatever stuff that I'm doing locally with family and friends um, or like well, how, how does how does one avoid procrastination is that kind of like a you wake up <laughs> and have like a uh, an affirmation that you say in the morning and do some meditation and like do some exercises and stuff like that or, or like what has been helpful for you to to help because I know a lot of students they, they struggle with procrastination right especially when uh, they don't have the accountability of having to be in class and and having to go through the material and uh, and they have to now do this on their own. Right. It, it can be quite challenging. But what's been helpful or have you had like some study buddies that that uh, kind of uh, say, well, we'll review it um, at the same time every day that that way we're, we're keeping each other accountable or what are some other things that have been helpful for you? I feel uh...
1: So, so my basic uh, calculation would be that I have five courses this semester, and I have five weekdays. So I try to aim that on each weekday I try to complete one subject at least. So let's say if it's Monday, then I try to complete accounting. If it's Tuesday, I try to do price theory. So I try to like um, complete one subject each day. And if if there's some uh, you know some content which I'm not able to cover in the day, then That is the first thing I will do the next morning uh, before moving on to the next subject. So uh, I feel uh, like I am more more the most energetic during like morning and afternoon. So I try to wake up and complete all all my studies so that the later half of the day, I can just enjoy, um, watch the cricket match, chill with my Mm -hmm. friends and talk to my buddies and spend time with my family. So um, I try to, you know, get done with the work as soon as I can, and then start off my
0: uh, night. And, and how has the experience been with like online assignments and online exams and, and quizzes and tests and stuff? Because the assignments, I assume, are, are pretty much the same, right? You just do them online, and then you just have to upload them somewhere. Right? So I don't think that's too much different. Um, but have they been uh, like making more assignments or fewer assignments? And then uh, more tests or fewer tests? Because obviously, an online test is, is quite a bit different. <laughs> uh, so, so what what have you found has been uh, kind of challenging about that whole experience, like the assignments and and the online exams and tests? Uh, and what has been helpful for you to to kind of uh, mitigate? And what have you uh, kind of grow and do better uh, for your finals that are hopefully coming up in like a couple months, right? <laughs> so I feel
1: uh, I feel that the you the... know in in most of the courses, they have increased the number of assignments because uh, they've included more assignments, more uh, weekly participation in class for uh, synchronous classes. Um, So while they've decreased the weightage for the exams, like they've they've actually, uh, initially, what I remember, what I can recall from many of my courses is that they had a midterm and a final exam. But now what in, in some of my courses they've done is that they have term test one, term test two and a final. So, uh, and, and maybe some weekly quizzes and assignments here and there. So, it's, so the weightage for each component has come down and the number of components have increased and in the number of assignments, quizzes, participation exams have increased overall. So they're trying to split it up like that. But uh, as far as term tests are concerned, I feel um, I feel what they've done differently is that they're choosing, they, have, they create a question bank for maybe like 30 or 40 questions. And um, they jumble all the questions. And for instance, if I'm giving the exam, my first question would not be the same as person X's first question. Because they jumble all the questions and, and for me, if there are only 15 MCQs, but they create more number of questions to confuse, you know, like, they create, in short, they're creating another sample paper, like, they're creating another paper for, um, so that, and, and they jumble all the questions. So, you cannot go back to the previous question once you've answered it. So, once you've answered it, it gets locked So this is a way that professors are using to avoid academic dishonesty. And um, I mean, even for for me now, it's uh, when I was speaking to to a prof, he was telling me that I was requesting him to give us more time or else reduce the burden on number of questions. Uh, Because, you know, I finished my midterm just like 20 seconds before the time ended. So my professor told me, you know, like if I keep, buffer time, then the, the chances of people cheating are is more. So right. that's why I don't want to keep any buffer time so that we, students don't discuss it amongst each other. So that is the thought process. So this has been much different than what in-person tests would have been. And it's the same for everyone and everyone sitting
0: um, on a different table. Sure. And and the, uh, I guess, tech, technology that they're using to uh, do the test, it, it's pretty much open up a browser, go in to to the test, and then does it start at a a preset time, uh, kind of like a countdown, uh, like three, two, one, and then question one, and uh, so you mentioned that things are are randomized so that people around you can't have the same, not necessarily have the same question, um, and then they minimize the time so that uh, even if there's a chance where uh, you have question one, but I'm working on question four that, that I could discuss and give you the answer to question four. And then when my, my question one comes up, then you can help me with that one, that sort of thing. So They're trying to minimize that. And, and I guess it's a, it's a valid thing because, uh, with the, um, whole whole online thing like everything's open book basically you can freely search the internet pretty much you you could have another tablet or phone or something that's looking up all that sort of stuff uh and and then obviously you have friends where you could easily be in in the same room or or, as other people um are are many of your exams kind of recorded where like they they can see you as you're doing the exam that sort of thing with with a video or uh do they have those those types of uh, constraints uh,
1: I don't think so. I've experienced that until now. Uh, but I've definitely heard that some of my friends need to, you know, like show their screen and scan right, yeah. scan their desk before they're sitting and uh, keep their microphone on, uh, keep their microphone and video on or, or maybe just keep their video on and microphone off. And, you know, the moment you take your eyes off the screen, like the, the, the technology, I mean, I, th- I think on the on the, the software is designed in such a way that it takes a photo of you looking somewhere else, and then a moderator comes in and checks up on you. Yeah. So I think it, it captures the eye movement of the people, but I've not, I've not experienced that until now. For me, it's been either a take home exam, or, um, or timed exams. So right. you can start at whatever time, but the exam ends at, let's say, 6.30pm. Right. So it's up to you. Uh, you need to enter the at whatever time, according to your convenience, but you need to ensure that you have adequate, adequate time so that you can complete the test.
0: Cool. Yeah, I know there's all sorts of different technologies and different systems of being used. So I'm just curious as to say, like which ones have people experienced and what has been the most challenging for them and what, what's been the most helpful? Because like, yeah, it, it's, it's a burden on the, the professors and the instructors as well, right? Because uh, they have to change their home paradigm how do i truly uh, assess that you've actually learned something when like you can uh, look up anything <laughs> any point in time really um and and uh yeah so multiple choice questions are, are they uh really gonna help you um assess learning or do i have to make you write a paragraph but then that takes up more time to mark and stuff like that so all these interesting um, things that that people need to do in in, in this climate. So yeah, I think it's challenging for everyone. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not a student anymore, but I do do online courses, so I've had to shift um, kind of uh, the the workshops that I do to to shorten them a little bit. Like in an in-person workshop, they would normally be one and a half, two hours, uh, online, it's, it's hard to get people to sit <laughs> for for more than an hour, right? So one and a half hours kind of the most you can make it, uh, and and even if you do, you have to keep it very engaging, right? Activities get people to chime in, use like the the reaction feature or chat feature or or polling or whatever it is, uh, and uh, make it a lot more kind of entertaining and interactive, um, but you'll always have the people who don't pay attention and you'll always have the people who are superly attentive, right? So it's uh, doing doing those sorts of things. So it sounds like we covered uh, quite a bit of information in terms of online learning. Um, so thanks for, for sharing that experience. And hopefully uh, as uh, this whole situation progresses, uh, maybe we'll still continue to do some of that. I, I would imagine that it's actually going to be a lot more courses Still offered online, right, uh, to give people the flexibility. But um, a lot of the value of of school is the being able to interact with classmates, uh, going into the facilities and using the actual uh, campus and 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 everything it has to offer. But uh, yeah, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, in the in, in the winter semester. So have they confirmed that um, everything's going to be uh, online or in person, or have they have they made that commitment yet? Yes,
1: everything is going to be online, okay. but I
0: feel that um, they've, they've
1: kept it open that there might be some classes operating in-person classes, mm. but that might be, um, th- that's going to be very less. And it, it might not even be for all the courses. It might be for a few number of courses and even like limited number of students in them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that uh, some of the in-person ones are, are the ones that have labs, right? So a lot of the science ones where you have to actually physically manipulate certain things and, and do stuff. They, they do that, but at like half capacity or like one quarter capacity. So there's plenty of space between people uh, doing stuff. So uh, yeah, it's just an, an interesting time. Cool. Any other things that, that you wanted to cover or share with, with the folks out there for uh, the online learning experience?
1: I think we covered almost everything. <laughs> almost all my thoughts were, have come
0: out. Perfect. So, uh, yeah, hopefully folks enjoyed hearing about the online learning experience and probably had a few tidbits in terms of some some lessons learned. So it sounds like that uh, avoiding procrastination, scheduling yourself uh, would be great, um, taking time to take advantage of uh professors and and office hours and, and any time where you can actually interact with classmates and stuff, that's been uh, a bonus. And uh, yeah, really putting it on yourself to, to be um, on on the ball in terms of uh, assignments and upcoming um, uh, things. And then figuring out, well, how does it work for you? Whether you shift your schedule and and, and do things uh, earlier or later, however you react to the day, um, some of those things should be helpful for folks uh, in their online learning experience. so. Thanks for uh, sharing your insights on on this episode and uh, look forward to chatting more on the next one. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U. And the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.